Hey, listener, this is Josh Elledge, CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We are actively seeking guests for our daily commercial-free entrepreneurial inspiration podcast. If you know someone who is doing six to eight figures in business, send them our way. Just go to UpMyInfluence.com slash guest. Let's get on with the show. And with us right now, we have Terry McDougal. And Terry, you're an executive coach and you're the CEO of Terry B. McDougal Coaching. You're found on the web at terrybmcdougal.com. And all the spelling for that, by the way, if, you, if you're listening to this a podcast, just click on the little notes tab or click on the cover art or whatever, and it should come up. We'll have a direct link, Terry, to your website. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Josh, I really appreciate you having me today. And, and where are you based? I am based uh, right outside of Chicago. Hey, okay, great. Like, so I'm, my wife is from north of Chicago, so you could be specific. I am from Highland Park. Okay, yep, nice area, nice area. Yes. Great. Mm -hmm. Um, So tell me um, what you do now as an executive coach and kind of specifically like who you work with and the outcome that you help them achieve. Well, I work with high achieving professionals who are successful, but not satisfied. And my mission as a coach is really to help people expand the overlap between their professional success and their personal happiness. Um, I found with a lot of people, and I, I would include myself in this, that, you know, you become successful by being driven and by, you know, putting off your your personal gratification um, to try to reach your goals. And a lot of times what I find is that, you know, when people have been working for 10 or 15 or 20 years, that um, they may feel like there's just something missing and their instinct actually is to work harder to reach a goal because they feel like that's going to make them happy. But um, really what what has happened in many cases is they've sort of lost touch with um, what they enjoy doing. And so a lot of times I really help them to kind of step back and say, how can you have the same impact without working harder? How can you use the resources that are at your disposal and get more leverage out of them so you can actually step back and maybe do the things that you enjoy more or, you know, as a leader to think about like, what are the new opportunities? How can I innovate? Yeah. And so, um, Terry, I mean, what do you think it is about that personality type that leads to many, and I'll put us, many of us in that mm-hmm. category where we're high achieving individuals. Mm-hmm. Why? Uh, I mean, that's kind of an, I'm, here's a big softball <laughs> what <laughs> yeah. is it about that personality type uh, that can absolutely lead to burnout or feeling like we're mm-hmm. just like, yeah, I mean, we're making good money. We're doing great things. We're having a great mm-hmm. impact. You, someone on the outside might look at that and go, oh my gosh, they've got it all but it's easy mm-hmm. to become dissatisfied or, you know, feel like it's just, oh, this is becoming so routine. I think particularly, you know, I think of the Enneagram for type sevens like myself, mm-hmm. uh, you know, thankfully I get to talk with lots of different people. So that really is helpful. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, I'm, I'm curious about your perspective and just in terms of like personalities and, and, and how this plays out. Well, I think that it really starts in early childhood. Um, And all of us as humans, especially, you know, when we're children, our survival depends on us being able to please the people around us, right? When we're children, we don't have any agency. We can't just be like, okay, I'm out of here. I'm going to go get a job, (laughs) right? Like we have to 
cue into what our parents expect of us. And when we please them, we get rewarded. And when we don't, we get punished, right? So um, when we're able to do that and we get those rewards, we keep looking for that, right? So we go to school and when the teacher says, if you do this, you'll get an A and we do, and we get rewarded for this. Um, and, you know, if you think back to, to childhood, when, uh, you know, your your maybe your parents are saying, well, I know you want to go out and play, but stay in and do your homework, right? And we don't want to do that when we're kids. But as time goes on, we learn like, oh, well, I did my homework and I did well in school. And, you know, grandpa gave me 10 bucks for getting A's on my report card. So we're, re- we're rewarded for that, right? And for high achievers, we keep looking for new challenges mm-hmm. because we like that reward. But what what we're doing all along the way is that we're beginning to look externally for that reward and for that validation. And many times we lose touch with what do I really want internally? Like our, our habit becomes to look externally for those answers. And, um, you know, when you get to a certain level, you know, what other goals are there, you know, after you've gone to college or you've gone to business school or, you know, you've gotten the VP title and, um, you know, of course there's always some place that you could go to the next level, but you know, how much more are you going to get out of that? Like, why are you working so hard? Right? Like hopefully you're working hard so that you can enjoy uh, the rewards of your success. And sometimes once you become so um, in some ways addicted to to those external uh, sources of validation that it's hard to reconnect with like, like, Hey, what do I want to do? You know, what, Mm -hmm. what do I enjoy doing? And, um, you know, sometimes I'll work with people and I'll, you know, they'll, they'll say, well, I, I, I'm not sure if I can take that action. And I'll say, well, what's the worst thing that can happen? And, you know, they might sheepishly say, um, well, I could get fired. And I was like, well, what's the likelihood of that? You know, you just got a five out of five stars in your last um, performance evaluation. And, uh, you know, you're bringing an X amount of revenue for your company. Like, is that very likely? Like you have some space in which for you to navigate. Um, and, and so I really think that it's all about kind of shifting the balance back to, yeah, I'm going to pay attention to what's expected of me externally, but I'm going to balance that with what I enjoy doing and, you know, take, take that external stuff into consideration, but think about what do I want to do? Um, and when, when people do this, what I find is that they have more energy when you Mm. can spend time doing stuff that you love, you know, whether it's, um, spending time with family, doing creative things, whatever it is that you like to do, that refills you with energy and actually actually makes you more effective when you go to work. Yeah. So um, when you are working with high achieving executives and and maybe they're working commonly working 10, 11, 12 hour days mm-hmm. uh, and are you do you generally say, well, wait a minute. Could we could we reduce that by an hour mm-hmm. or two and then lead into that argument that would you rather be insanely effective for eight mm-hmm. hours rather than just like mostly effective for 10? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, and I, I'll give you an example of somebody that I worked with that when she first came to me, she had gotten promoted uh, several months before we started working together from being 
uh, a team leader to being a department leader. So she had a, a team of 50 people under her versus what she previously had as, as eight people. And one of the f- things she said to me in our first session was, um, I'm working like 70 hours a week. I don't know how much longer I can keep this up. I'm really considering going to my boss and asking um, her to demote me back to my old position. And I was like, what? okay, why would you do that? And when we we kind of dug into this, um, what, what we realized was she really was trying to manage this department of 50 the same way that she managed uh, a team of eight. And so we really had to sort of step back and say, what are your objectives? What are the pain points? Um, you know, what are your beliefs around why you're doing things this way? And I'll give you an example of one thing, one quick hit that we did that really made a big difference for her, but it required sort of a mindset shift in order for her to put this in place. She was somebody that believed in, you know, the open door policy. So therefore her door, her office door was open all day long. And she had, you know, a parade of people coming through her office all day long, asking her to solve problems for them. Therefore, she never had time to do her own work. So she would take that home on the weekends and do it. And so I think probably like in our first session, I said, okay, what two hours out of the day are you going to close your door so that you can do your work? Right. And, you know, she she was like, oh my gosh, well, what are people going to think? And I said, no, 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 no. Like, let's think about what's going to happen when your door is closed they're going to ask their colleague, like, hey, what would you do in this situation? They're going to work a little bit harder to figure out what they need to do, because you basically train them, you know, that you're the path of least resistance. They don't have to think. They can just come to you and you can fix their problem. And so she started doing that and she started getting all of the reports she needed to, to um, do done during the work week. So she she had you know, more time on the weekends to spend with her family. So that was just like one of the first things that we did that made a big difference. And um, so I'll just stop there. But, um, you know, we looked at a lot of other sort of leverage points that she Mm -hmm. put in place. Um, But again, there's, there's a lot of, um, you know, one of the other common uh, thoughts that I run across or patterns I run across with some of my clients is that, you know what, I can just do this faster. I'll I'll just, I'll just, you know, pick up this part of this issue and I'll just do it because I've done it for so many years. I can just do it quicker than training somebody to do it. And, you know, I, I always want to put it in context for people that your time is the most valuable time in your whole department. And even if it takes somebody else two or three times as much time to do this, that actually is probably the cheaper way to approach it. And these other people aren't going to get better at, you know, doing these things. If you continually do it, you don't give them the opportunity to learn it. Um, And also there's an opportunity cost to you doing things that are below your pay grade. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Terry, what about um, instances where maybe there's aspects of someone's work uh, that are just really taxing? Right. And Mm -hmm. it's just like, there's really, it doesn't feel like there's any way I can delegate this or it's just like, I hate working with this person. Uh, Maybe Mm -hmm. it's, uh, you know, VP and they hate, you know, the CEO is just 
a real difficult person to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe it's just, a, it's a difficult, difficult client, uh, mm-hmm. difficult situation. Yeah. What are some tips that you would recommend in, in better dealing with that? Well, you know, I, I deal with clients about this kind of thing um, very often. And what I really encourage people to do is look at the problem and take the players out of it. Like, what is the actual problem? And if you're able to actually sit down with the person that you're having sort of the tension or conflict with and put the problem on the table and start thinking about, you know, why is this happening? Not not from a personal standpoint, but, you know, maybe what's what's the system or what are the issues that we're dealing with? And then start looking at, like, what is the cost to the company of doing it this way? And what could the benefit d- be of doing it differently, right? And invite the other person to brainstorm with you. Um, because when things get personal, you know, when it's like, oh my gosh, this person made this decision and it's causing a lot of headaches for me. I don't like that person. You know, what we have to really realize is that most of the time people are not making decisions to make your life worse. They're making decisions because it makes sense from their perspective. And so if we can sort of like, you know, look at things from their perspective and realize, okay, what is it that they're not seeing? Um, that I need to make them aware of, and not really like how it's making my life worse, but how it's not serving the objectives of the company, right? So that you, it, it, it shifts things. So you're both on the same team trying to address the problem rather mm-hmm. than, you know, two people kind of playing tug of war, you know, over this personally, And, you know, I'll just give you an example. I actually was talking with a client this morning and um, he, um, I won't go into a lot of detail about what he does, but just suffice it to say that there was a system within his company that his team used and they were going to be able to sort of use it without cost. Um, Another, another part of the company paid for the system, but this other department changed the licensing agreement so that you know my client was going to have to pay on a per head basis to use it which really put a crimp in uh something that he had proposed to his boss and so naturally you know he was upset because he was like okay you've just thrown a monkey wrench into this thing that i proposed to a senior executive and he was really angry at this person that made the decision and i said you know i don't think that they probably made that decision you know to you know, purposely throw a monkey wrench in your plans, they probably don't realize the impact that it's had. So, you know, why don't you sort of like put a business case together, find the decision maker in that department and sit down with them and explain to them what the impact has been of this decision and invite them to, you know, think with you about what they might be able to do differently. And even if it means that, you know, your department shares in the cost of the contract, um, you know, if the benefit of you being able to use this without the, you know, licensing costs is uh, is high enough, and then it probably makes sense for you to invest a little money of your budget. So I hopefully, hopefully that's not too um, that's not too complex. But I mean, my point really is, you know, try not to make the issues personal. Personal. Really try to look at 
you know, what's our objective and, you know, how can we work together? You know, how can that other person benefit from cooperating with you? Yeah. Yeah. What, uh, here's another thing too. Um, and I think a lot of people, especially as of when we're recording this, I can't imagine what the future is going to be like in two months from now when this airs, but <laughs> mm-hmm. as of when we're recording this, uh, there's a lot of, well, I, I don't think I'm really tipping my hand if I say there's a lot of crazy stuff going on right now. Yes. I, people can say, well, let's see, was it this or was it this? Yeah, but, right, right, right. It's been a lot. You know, when there is, um, you know, a lot of maybe something going on that's outside of our control. And it's, it may impact you emotionally, spiritually, or otherwise, you know, physically. Um, It could be really easy maybe to get sucked into drama or, I mean, because it's, maybe it's a bad thing, right? Mm -hmm. And so that can take a toll. Uh, certainly, uh, certainly on our energy. And yes. if we want to perform at our best, um, what would you recommend just in terms of like, you know, kind of like, I don't know, like shielding yourself or being able to refocus or like, you know, listen, just acknowledging mm-hmm. I have no control in this thing. It's yes. terrible. It's horrible, whatever it is. Or it's like, whoa, I'm really mm-hmm. um, like, wh- how would you deal with that? Well, I mean, I, I refer often to the serenity prayer, right? Like Mm. I'm not going to be able to, um, I'm, I'm terrible on the spot with coming up with, with quotes verbatim, but Mm -hmm. you know, basically what, what can you control? You know, what, uh, do you need to accept? Right. And, and, and getting clear on that. Right. I, I know a lot of times, um, I'll just give an example of, you know, maybe the company has made a a policy change Mm. and it has caused, you know, you and your department to have to um, no longer do something that you used to do for somebody else in the organization. And they're angry about it. Right. And so we may say like, feel guilty about it and get angry at the company and feel like we're on the hook for, you know, this other person's expectations. But I always say like, okay, let's step back and realize we all work for the same company. And while it's understandable that this person's angry that you can no longer provide them with this service or whatever, you know, you can remind them, you know, we, we work for the same company and that somebody higher in the organization has decided to make this change. And I am just following the new policy Mm -hmm. and, you know, I, I can acknowledge and validate your feelings. Yes, this is frustrating. Um, And at the same time, I have to follow the policy of the company. And I think a lot of times people feel very responsible, right? They and and I think that's where like the energy can drain out and feel like, oh, it's on me to change this or it's on me to please, excuse me, to please that person. You know, and it's not. It's not. You know, we all have the areas that we're responsible for and there we all have things that we can have an impact on and things that we need to change. Yeah. Or yeah. sorry, that we need to accept is what I meant. Is yeah, that, right. Know, sometimes we need to accept it and we may need to help other people to accept that. I'm sorry, this is not within my control to change. And I, I feel for you. I wish I could still do this for you, but I can't. Yeah. 
Yeah. Terry B. McDougall from the greater Chicagoland area. Uh, again, executive coach and CEO of Terry B. McDougall Coaching. You're on the web, Terry, at terrybmcdougall.com. Thank you so much for joining us. Was there anything like when someone goes there, what should they look for? Well, I've got a blog out there. I've got some videos. I have uh, a whole media page of uh, places where I've been quoted. Uh, there's information about the book out there. I've got a book called Winning the Game of Work. And uh, one thing, Josh, I don't know if I if I let you know this before we came um, came together, but I recently launched a podcast also, and it's called Marketing Mambo. Nice, nice. So you could look that up right now if you're listening to the audio yes. podcast, uh, Marketing Mambo. Awesome. Terry, thank you so much. Josh, thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now, if you've got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Now, if you do that, tag us with the hashtag upmyinfluence. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform, and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. Now, what do you win? Well, we're going to promote you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans, totally free. Now, can you also hook us up? Now, in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Now, my name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Now, thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Mm-hmm.